Alrighty then, hello and welcome to Trending Now with Josh Arnold. I'm Rick Moore along with our producer and engineer Bill Proposky and of course Josh Arnold. Been a while, how you doing? Good, good, a good <coughs> summer and good. lots of things going on. Well, uh, this is good, and it's um, this is a program, let me just uh, cut the music here, program that we like to do on Fridays, and uh, it was suspended during summer for a lot of reasons, and it turned out uh, it had to be, we wouldn't have been able to do it anyway, but we're back in the fall, um, a little later than I had hoped, as um, we're in the middle of uh, high school sports season right now, fall sports season, but we're also in the middle... Not quite. Election year is next year, right? No, we're, we have... Oh, it's this year. So I'm, I'm thinking of the national elections, yeah. City elections uh, <coughs> in uh, up and down the North Shore uh, this year. All right. Well, you know what we can do? I was thinking of... Uh, we were going to... I was thinking of playing the Bill Kirk interview I did yesterday, but it's posted. It's up there, and um, it's in a couple of places. Um, rather than do that, maybe we should take a look at uh, at what you found and what you're you're looking at around the North Shore for silly season, and then we'll we'll uh, get into your guests. And why don't we start first? We'll take a break, but why don't we uh, start by telling um, uh, who your um, guests are for today? Well, today we have uh, uh, for Gloucester a candidate for city council, Chris DiMercurio Sicaranza. Uh, then Domingo Dominguez, who's an incumbent city councilor in Salem, will uh, who's seeking re-election, will be talking with us. And then Joe Shalino, a former city council and former city council president, is uh, has been off for a couple of years and has rejoined the race and to run at large in Gloucester. Uh, and then we have a bunch of people. Uh, we have next week is all lined up, and mm-hmm. then we've got a bunch of people uh, for subsequent weeks. So. Back into it. All right, let's take our first break, and we'll come back and we'll chat a little bit before we talk with Josh guests. People come in, take a seat. You're really in for a treat at Sylvan Street, a great place to eat and drink and meet with family and friends at Sylvan Street. We treat you right, day or night. Satisfy your appetite. Eat, drink, and chill at the Sylvan Street Grill. Catch a game with friends, meet for lunch, cocktails after work, or a romantic dinner for two. Whatever your plan, plan to do it at Sylvan Street Grill in Peabody and Salisbury. See you at Sylvan Street. Eat, drink, and chill at the Sylvan Street Grill. Title Boxing, Route 114, Danvers. A friendly, challenging environment. Everybody comes in here uh, thinking that it's like a regular boxing club where you're going to have to get in the ring and fight, and it's actually not. It's a a classroom type of cardio exercise boxing class. We have uh, 60 bags. The classes range anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, from 8 rounds to 12 rounds. Uh, There's music playing. The instructor teaches the class, and you have a good time. You learn how to box and have fun and exercise during the class. Title Boxing, Danvers. Hi folks, this is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. And if you're planning to replace the windows in your home, I have just two words for you. Anderson Windows. Anderson is the most trusted name in windows throughout the United States. See the complete line of Anderson Windows on display at Moynihan Lumber in Beverly, North Reading, and Plastown, New Hampshire, or visit us at MoynihanLumber.com. Moynihan Lumber Cherry Farm Creamery wishes all the teams and players the best of luck this fall. Check out the fall ice cream flavors now available. Pumpkin, caramel, apple. Cherry Farm offers 20% off to kids in uniforms. Enjoy the taste of summer all year round at Cherry Farm Creamery, Conant Street, Danvers. All righty, we're back and uh, just talking. Uh, I, I call it silly season, respectfully, um, especially uh, here on the North Shore. Um, what, what I do like in my doing uh, MSO over the years, Josh, is I've met a lot of city councilors, a lot of school committee people. We've talked to a lot, certainly on your programs. A lot of mayors, a lot of uh, workers in the offices of the mayor, the gatekeepers especially, the uh, executive uh, assistants are phenomenal in, yeah. in all the uh, city halls that I've been in. Um, and it, it's um, it's interesting to me, and I say it with respect, on how seriously people take local politics. And people, obviously, you don't run for school committee or city council or alderman or um, you know whatever selectman uh, for the pay. Oh. Yeah, uh, and, and so to see how uh, how these people get involved, how they dedicate their time, and they're very serious about it, about taking care of their communities. Um, that's to me, that's Americana. That's where it begins. And if you could take that model. Of, of the small town or the small city here on the North Shore and jack that up to uh, to the national level, then maybe we'd have um, a smoother running country. But at any rate, um, if we start with Gloucester, um, and you've got a couple of Gloucester people on today, 
um, a lot going on in the city with, with respect to um, infrastructure, with, with respect to new building, uh, with respect to uh, taxation, with respect to um, uh, where the money is going to go. For example, uh, the, the debacle in my mind over taking away the Fuller property, the Fuller School property, <laughs> and, and now saying, oh, we need a brand new school. <laughs> we need a central school. Uh, after selling the school of the school property that had been valued at 19 million dollars for what five million or four if you take away that other million uh, to me is uh, should be a hot topic I don't think it is because um, the city council um, has approved a new site for the new school but that you know that's one thing that grabs my interest in Salem I don't, have you driven on Highland Avenue lately not recently but Terry does most of the time okay <clears throat> um, there is a sign there it's one of the biggest signs I've ever seen in my life, and it's for Domingo. Okay. <laughs> and now there's a debate in in Salem about limiting the size of the sound, uh, the size of the signs, and so on. So uh, that's another topic. But what do you, what have you uncovered as as you've gone about lining up all these people? Because you've talked with people all over the area, and maybe you want, might want to start with Gloucester first. Well, Gloucester has uh, Gloucester's issues aren't unique to Gloucester. I mean, the, one of the pressing issues that many communities north of Boston are facing is a housing shortage. Um, people who is it a housing shortage or affordable housing shortage? It's both. Okay. It's, it's, uh, uh, if you grew up here and lived your life here, but when you try to downsize, can you or will you be able to buy something that's in your price range and be able to stay here? Um, in Salem, for example, I mean, Salem's a very well-run city. And uh, if you uh, you may want to live there and commute to Boston, or you may want to retire there, um, but as you downsize, will there be enough affordable housing spots for people? And that's an issue that many of the uh, uh, not just the bedroom, but city communities, cities and towns uh, north of Boston are wrestling with. Um, infrastructure is an issue. Um, they, the, yes, they've picked the veteran site uh, for a new school, um, but that's, I don't see that as, uh, it's incumbent, it, it, it's tied to a need for debt exclusion override, and I don't think that's going to sail here. That's I, interesting. I, I, that's a, that's I, a topic I for discussion. I don't think that... Um, the public is in a position where they feel that they're going to kick in taxes, additional taxes to build a school. Now, Especially with what happened at the Fuller site. And in addition to that, if I can interject, there's also a debate going on about um, destroying Meadows Field, which is which is in honor of, uh, is it a World War II veteran, I think it is, yeah. um, that uh, has been dedicated and rededicated a couple of times, and now uh, having to relocate that, um, you know, sort of willy-nilly. That, I mean, there are some people pretty upset about that. I commend the mayor, uh, Safati Romeo Taken, who said, if it comes to pass that we need to build a new school in that area, we, we're not going to sacrifice Meadows Field they'll we're gonna part of the project has to be there has to be a new Meadows field and and that's a given and I thought that was a, a good approach for her to take uh, and where is that going to be you see so now you're going to and is it going to be a field is it going to be a field that people participate think, in is there gonna be a little park I with think a sign it's on? Gonna, I, no I think it's going to be uh, something at Green Street area because uh, we have a, a city has some property up there that they mm -hmm. can make a, a okay. ball field up and um, I still think it's a, an issue that has trouble because of uh, the city's really the credit card of what they can pay on interest for uh, infrastructure is, is pretty well tapped out and looming in the background on all these issues is secondary treatment for our sewer plant. That now, how long has that been since the state with the uh, the feds were here and said you're going to need a secondary plant? And that at that time, I think the projected cost was sixty million or something like that. Yeah, and and what we used to talk about that. What one of the uh, one of the issues there is it, we're one of a few communities uh, on the east coast that has only a primary treatment facility. Uh, and not a secondary. However, having said that, what Gloucester has done over the years is it has 
done such a good job of keeping up with the uh, technological advances uh, and saddling that and making that part of the primary uh, treatment that our primary treatment is better, is head and shoulders above most of the other primaries on the East Coast and at a level of secondary treatment for a lot of those places. So that one buys the city of Gloucester some time, uh, but whatever the cost is, and the longer you delay it, the more the cost is going to go up, just like dredging the Enniscorm River. And so that's an issue that we can feel. So you can't max out too much on your because that's the right. that's the tidal wave that's just over the horizon. You know it's there. You can't see it, but it but it's coming. Now, uh, I noticed that in Salem, uh, you mentioned uh, the, the affordable housing or, or the lack of housing in general, and I know Mayor Driscoll has talked about that quite a bit, and have you found that uh, part of the discussion when you talk with or when you uh, lined up some of these city council candidates, or is that something that they want to talk about, or yeah, is it just... Yeah, yeah. Domingo will talk about that, and, and I, I'm sure Jeff Cohen will next week. Uh, Josh Turiel uh, is a ward councilor, not, not, uh, does not have a, an opponent... Uh, <coughs> will be on uh, sometime uh, before the election. They want to talk about it, and uh, uh, of course, <coughs> excuse me, Domingo is on the uh, uh, Economic Development, uh, Industrial and Economic Development Committee, so a lot of this stuff comes across his committee, uh, and uh, he's obviously very interested in it and, and have some things to share. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're just about ready to uh, get uh, your first guest lined up, I believe. Um, we got these uh, these broken up into 15-minute segments or yeah, so? Yeah, yeah. All right, so why don't we take a break, and we'll come back with Josh's first guest, and you're listening to Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Um, yeah, you go ahead. Let me turn your mic down so you can uh, get rid of that uh, dust in your throat there. We'll um, take a break. We'll come back with Josh's guest. You're listening to Trending Now here on MSO News Sports, and you can email us at msonewsports at gmail.com, msonewsports at gmail.com. We'll be back. Start the fall season with a winning mortgage rate from your hometown team. Whether you are thinking about buying a new home or condo or refinancing your existing one, our loan rates are among the lowest anywhere. Check out our full menu of rates and terms and apply online 24-7 at institutionforsavingsloans.com. Institutionforsavings.com Member FDIC, DIF, Equal Housing Lender. Harrington Trophy has been rewarding the North Shore for over 30 years with quality custom awards, screen printing, embroidery, and more. We pride our family-owned business on our exceptional customer service and quality products for the right price. Custom t-shirts, sweatshirts, warm-up suits, hats, along with the area's top trophies, plaques, glass awards, we are the one-stop shop for end-of-the-year banquets or advertising your small business through apparel. Come see us at Harrington Trophy, Chestnut Street, Lynn, or HarringtonTrophy.com. You'll love the Bradford Tavern in Rowley as they feature a menu to please everyone. Start your meal with your choice from a dozen delicious appetizers. There are also soups and fresh salads. Dinner selections include burgers, sirloin tips, chicken parmesan, chicken piccata, and then there's seafood, clams, haddocks, salmon, lobsters, and fish tacos, plus a wide selection of sandwiches and wraps. Let the Bradford Tavern host your events or functions set in unique spaces. Open Six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday. The Bradford Tavern, Route 133 Rowley and BradfordTavern.com. The North Shore is listening to MSONewsports.com and our great selection of podcasts. Hi, this is Phil Stacy, Executive Sports Editor at the Salem News. Make sure to listen to our podcast every week with the sports writers from the Salem News, including Matt Williams, Nick Giannino, and myself. MSO News Sports, connecting you to the North Shore. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Our first guest is Chris DiMercurio Sicaranza. I said it right, correct? You got it right. Good morning. Hey, I tried practice last night. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the uh, He is a candidate for city council in Gloucester, uh, city council at large. He formerly worked in the city government. And uh, what we usually do is uh, uh, ask folks, give us a three or four minute bio, and then we can get into some questions uh, about uh, the race and, and your candidacy. Very good. Well, good morning to everybody. Thank you for having me on. Very much appreciated. Uh, again, my name is Chris Dimitario Sicaranza, but it's probably a little easier just to say Chris for Council. 
Um, as you just heard, I w had the privilege and honor of serving in Mayor Sebastian Mayo's office uh, for about three years um, and working on communications and constituent services. Prior to that, I was director of communications for the largest police union, uh, the NEPBA New England. Uh, I had co-founded a brand. I know you just I heard you guys talking about uh, Salem and Josh Curiel, uh, who was a big supporter of my startup brand, Go Out Loud, that focused on LGBTQ events. Um, and later on, I had worked with Monster.com to study generational differences, how we can get our baby boomers and our millennials to all get along. And of course, I served on various boards and commissions along the way, uh, either affiliated with the, the mayor's office or my own volunteer work, including uh, the Gloucester 400 Committee, the Committee for the Arts, the Special Events Advisory Committee, um, and I still serve uh, as a board member on the DMO, Discover Gloucester, talking about tourism and, and aligning uh, across different city officials and different city events. And I'm proud to announce that I just, just got the endorsement from the North Shore Labor Council uh, on, and, uh, on behalf of uh, the different unions that they represent. So uh, basically that's my spiel. Uh, I'm in it to, to try to help bring the voices uh, into the mix here across different generations, across different people. Uh, but I'm running for you. I'm running for all the people of Gloucester to make sure that they can have an accountable leadership, um, that they, they feel like they can reach out to me and, and make sure that they're being heard, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. Great. Now, you, you have some experience working in the executive branch of government, uh, and now you're going to be working, if you were elected, you'll be working on the legislative end. Uh, it is some institution, by design, some institutional rivalry between the council and the mayor's office, sure, yeah. and that's, that's put in as a check and balance. Uh, how do you see uh, how do you see changing roles or putting on a different uniform or whatever? Uh, in, in what ways is it the, is it the same kind of work, and in what ways is it different? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's just about that. It's funny we we just had the attempt to do the Charter Commission review, and it's true you have to look at the different checks and balances, as you said. The legislative branch is not the executive branch, but they do have to work in harmony to try to work on big issues, including, I mean, everything from affordable housing, the school consolidation, the coastal resiliency, uh, budgets, of course. I mean, we have a $100 million-plus budget. And you have to work hand-in-hand -hand between the administration and the city council side. Um, I'd like to think that working in the middle, I was also able to see what doesn't work. So I'm going to be ready on day one in understanding how to do things like Robert's Rules of Law and, and understanding how to work in harmony. But that doesn't mean, by the way, that I'm going to be the automatic, uh, you know, rubber stamp for the administration. I plan to be accountable to the people, and I plan to try to help optimize and modernize government where we can. Um, but that takes a team to do that. And so I feel pretty lucky that I, I can call um, Safati our friend, uh, probably the best boss I've ever had. And um, But, you know, it's that thing of making sure that you can have a healthy conversation, a healthy dialogue, by having a good team who can understand the issues and can, you know, respectfully disagree, but emphasis on respect. And I think right now we, we need a lot more of that in our in our civics. So, how much? Uh, I mean, what are one of the issues uh, uh, that all communities uh, north of Boston and probably west and east of Boston, uh, west and south of Boston too, yet in other states uh, are dealing with uh, is having a sufficient supply of affordable housing. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and what uh, you see as the, are the issues around that and, and what might be some of the solutions. Affordable housing is a critical issue across the whole greater Boston area. And if, if for those that don't know, Gloucester is lumped in with Boston in terms of a greater Boston market that they kind of look at for the housing production plan. Now, Gloucester has their own 10-year housing production plan. But in my opinion, I don't think we have enough consensus and support from the public to really make that a worthy living document that can better reflect the fact that, for instance, they, they classify Gloucester being in with Boston with regard to salary. So that means the average income supposedly is $90,000 a year for a person living in Gloucester. That, so when you say affordable housing, we're talking about attainable affordable housing. So I think we have to go back and talk to our state uh, legislation and say, how do we correct uh, the map that's being drawn there? But more importantly, how do we have a healthier, more open housing production plan and then how do we attract the right developers that can complement? I mean, we saw everything that happened on, on East Main Street there with Expressos. We don't want another one of those situations. We want to make sure that we're working in harmony. We welcome developers who, frankly, want to work with the with the community to, to be appreciated, and not just to, be, to put up with it just to get another house in there. 
Um, but, you know, using the Affordable Housing Trust to, to try to retain um, new developers. I'm very happy to see that RCG is going to be coming downtown to do a mixed development, and they had a lot of good work in Salem. We have to attract the top people that are doing this. We have to have a more public conversation, but we absolutely have to make sure that people aren't leaving Gloucester and not coming back because they're being priced out. Good. You know, one of the issues uh, when you look at government is, is who are the players? Uh, and certainly there are the elected folks, but a lot of the work that gets done uh, is done on boards and commissions uh, that the mayor appoints, the city council confirms. There's probably 80 or 90 different boards and commissions out there. Uh, and yet, um, I'm wondering, uh, is there a way, uh, what, what are some of the factors that go into uh, or uh, appointing people, and what are some of the challenges in terms of uh, uh, making it a more diverse group of people, not as opposed to the same old people for 20 years? Sure. Uh, and, and how do you, uh, how, how significant an issue is it that uh, you're not getting a good drawing of people from the center city, right. or not getting enough younger people to want to come forward and serve on boards of commission. And it's not a city thing per se. I mean, it's not no, Boston. Right. I mean, all the service organizations, whether it's Kiwanis or right. Rotary Alliance, are all having the same issue. So what, what, where does that leave us? You know, and it's such a great question. And I know we talked a little bit yesterday, um, but you're, it's, it's so true. It's a socioeconomic thing. And again, I talked a little bit before when I was working at Monster.com, I was studying the different generations and the habits. And what we're finding out is that Probably, like you said, probably in wards two and three, you have a lot of working families. And candidly, they don't quite know how to get involved with their local government in a meaningful way, where not only they feel like they're going to be heard, because it can be intimidating. You walk into a city council meeting, you're not quite sure how the structure is. You hear Robert's rules, it might as well sound like Shakespeare. Yeah. But I think what we have to do is, is summarize and boil things down. And that's what I worked on a lot when I was in the mayor's office. How do we make this into a bullet that could live on Facebook but could also live in the newspaper. So it, it works for all the generations. And you're not wrong. You can look at the different boards and commissions. There's been people that have been serving for over 20 years in some of these boards and commissions. So I think we have to have an honest conversation with regards to the chart, combine or consolidate different boards and commissions. But more importantly, like you said, how do we get younger people to be involved? There's, there's a time commitment factor to that. I think there's ways to use technology to make sure that we're, that we're in compliance with the open meeting laws but to maybe do FaceTime, maybe do a video conference so that people, as they're um, coming in or commuting into work, maybe they can, they can dial in on a conference call. So I think it's time that we really reach out to all the voices of Gloucester, invite them in in a meaningful way, but make sure that it's going to be convenient and understood across what the expectations are, and, but really have a healthier mix of people involved. And as you said, I think the boards and commissions are so underrated. They are really the lifeblood of the city. And we need to do everything we can to attract the top talent, not just for employee staff. We have great we have great employees across the city that do hard work, that are amazing people, truly. Uh, but the boards and commissions, you know, these are legit volunteers. And <laughs> when you go through some of these meetings, you, you wonder how some people end up coming year after year. But there's a lot of passion and a lot of authenticity in Gloucester. But that's what I think uh, we have to play to our, our strengths, not our weaknesses. We can play to our authentic voices by welcoming in a younger group of people. But that across all the different channels, Josh. There's a, uh, a software uh, that I stumbled over when I was doing some research uh, in other cities. I think it's ClearCase or ClearPoint or... Uh, uh, Clear.gov, I believe. Clear.gov. And it, and it has a, a, a way of attaching on or being a, or becoming compatible with whatever your municipal right. software is. But the, the, the whole idea is it makes it more uh, transparent. So that you right. can you can break it down into simple pictures or numbers to show, you know, different demographics, different you know what is the yep. what is the uh, ratio of money spent on schools versus city, you know, water, sewer, whatever. What do you know about that, and, and is that something that Gloucester would benefit from? No doubt about it. So I'm lucky enough. Um, I just was able to announce last week that I'll be joining the Massachusetts Comptroller's Office where their main mission is accountability, transparency, and clarity. And that's part of why I went for the job, to be honest with you, is because everything I did in the mayor's office when I was there was making sure that people could have access to the information, that it could be digestible, and people could slice and dice it in a way that they could use that data to help inform decisions 
uh, more personally and, and more to looking at the citywide issues. So when you're talking about clear gov and when you're talking about things like, for instance, uh, the website that we have, it needs to be updated, but it's using a platform called Civic Plus, like uh, C-Click Fix. You can look at the, uh, the cloud view permits where we have both the traditional permits, but guess what? We're making a lot more revenue from the online tools. We have to use the data to showcase, like you said, where we're making the right and wrong decisions, or by the way, to look ahead at different trends, perhaps different uh, pitfalls coming up ahead with the, with the budget all the way through to trying to look at the demographics, as you said. So you better believe that a big part of what I want to do coming into the mayor's office is to certainly hold people accountable. And like I said, there are many, many hardworking people across Gloucester that are doing a great job. I just, I always, my famous phrase is, work smarter, not harder. And I always say it's okay to have high standards. So, I mean, I'm talking about solutions that Beverly and Salem and across the state that they already have that they're giving away from state grants that we can take advantage of. So as opposed to having just the plain old meters with the quarters downtown, we could have a smart parking system. And that could also, by the way, mean that we could have accountability at the beach parking lots where we can actually maybe incentivize people to come downtown. And then, by the way, use that data for tourism and for the chamber. So there's ways to work smarter, not harder. I want to work hand-in-hand hand with the administration. Um, I, my dear friend James Pope is a great uh, director of IT for the city, and, and I'm confident that we're going to be able to work with the administration to try to introduce more options. It's not taking away options, but more options, smarter options, smarter city options, and to use really um, a way, these tools to not only inform decisions, but by the way, make some revenue. We all, we'd all like to hear that. Let's get some revenue back. Well, you know, and one of the, of course, one of the obstacles you run into, and I ran into it uh, 30 years ago when I worked in administration, is, well, that's the way we've always done it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot. And, uh, and it's like we were sitting at Rotary one day, and someone said, you know, in, in most parking lots, they, you pay when you leave, right? When you leave, and, yeah. And, and when, <laughs> when, when you come to Gloucester, you pay when you get there, and, you know, wouldn't it be easier if you had, you know, you fill up the parking lot and then they, you just get the money when they go? You know, and that just never occurred to me that I never really even thought of it in those terms. But it's just there, you know, when I do this show, and it's, it's yeah. fascinating to listen to all of the different uh, elected officials or people seeking yeah. office uh, that are dealing with pretty much the same issues. And, and, and it occurs <laughs> to me is why isn't there a an inter- uh, an intercity council where once a month everybody sends one councillor and they talk about what's going on in their city and come back with, hey, you know what? They're doing this. We could do that. Seems like a really well, easy yeah. solution, but it, 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 it doesn't happen. Not, not as much as it should. You're not wrong. In background, I'm used to looking at white papers, case studies, forums, but not just, you know, just to leave the office and have a bagel and, and you know, yeah. that'll work. It's just to actually meet with the other leaders. So they do have things like the MAPC. I was able at different times to either go on the mayor's behalf or if it was, for instance, like the smart move. So if you haven't seen, like Salem and Beverly are introducing those electronic scooters, but it's a worry because, by the way, are your roads capable? Do you have to wear helmets? Do you have local laws? Where can you drop off these e-scooters? And so these are the kinds of conversations that happen more regionally. And by the way, that's the smart road system with regard to the um, smart parking systems. So we, the more we only have to stand to gain only all the intelligence, all the things that work when we do talk regionally. I've always said, so my journey has been from East Boston to Saugus to Salem to Gloucester. So I guess my next spot is in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean if I keep moving up that way. You're looking for an island. It's, it's a three-hour ride. No. <laughs> three-hour tour. Just call me Gilligan. And so um, what I always say, though, is it's, it's amazing to me how much more we have in common Yep. lessons that we can learn and how we can play to the best of us, consensus building, right? Like, so right now I'm looking at my former alma mater, Saugus High School merging with the Saugus Middle School, and that's through the MSBA process. And I, and I hear from friends, family, parents, uh, teachers down that way that help enlighten me with the decisions up here. So the more, the mayor used to say it all the time that she wants to go over that bridge to help bring out the word of Gloucester, and I think she's been successful at that. Let's bring back more positive energy. Let's bring back the best case studies back into Gloucester, and let's make sure we have a Gloucester that works for everybody. But you just said it. It's by learning and listening. It's consensus building. Let's play to our strengths, not to our weaknesses. I couldn't agree more. Let's work more regionally. I, one of the people that I, I've actually chatted with 
the last couple of years, it's a friend of mine is uh, John Keenan, the former state rep of Salem, who's now the, the president of Salem State. Um, you know, we had different colleges up here that were there were giving us um, some academic options for our young people and for different uh, courses with regard to the hospitality industry. I'd love to see a school like Salem State help support or foster those kinds of conversations. Yeah. So it can't be, per se, the city of Gloucester that has to have the burden of hosting all these events. Let's, let's partner with an academic or a business partnership group, maybe a rotary, maybe a chamber, um, so that we can have better conversations like this because we stand to gain more cooperation, we can pursue better grants, we can use more intelligence, and we can make ourselves a whole lot better and wiser. That's, I really believe in that. Great. Well, I want to thank you for being a guest on Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Another time or off uh, camera, we'll, uh, uh, I'll have to tell you about a case study I wrote that I developed when I was teaching school law uh, for Gordon. Uh, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. But thank you for being uh, a guest, I, and I want to wish you the best in your cam up, upcoming you. campaign. And uh, we'll have, uh, probably have you back at some point in the near future and, and see how things went for you. I'll be honored to come back anytime. Keep up. Take care. Bye. Title Boxing, Route 114, Dan friendly, challenging environment. Title Boxing is a great place to come for exercise, uh, to help yourself get into shape, meet some new people, have a good time while you're working out, lift some weights, meet some friends that will probably be with you for a long time because it's like a family environment here. The instructors are all great. You can try it out a few times. We have boxing, kickboxing, and MMA. You actually get to come in and take the first class free. You can try it out probably about two or three times before you can actually make a decision. Title Boxing, Dan Hi folks, this is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber, and if you're planning on remodeling your kitchen, or just thinking about it, may I suggest that you visit our kitchen cabinet showroom in downtown Beverly. There you will find some 25 kitchens on display, just as they might look in your own home. And you can also talk with our kitchen cabinet sales team, who really do know what they are talking about. That's at Moynihan Lumber, 82 River Street, in downtown Beverly. Moynihan Lumber! Looking to run up the score on your savings? Open a CD savings or money market account at Institution for Savings. Fall's the perfect time to earn funds for your future, and our rates are among the best. Stop by one of our offices in Amesbury, Beverly, Boxford, Gloucester, Hamilton, Ipswich, Middleton, Newburyport, Rockport, Rowley, Salem, Salisbury, and Topsfield. Or visit us online at institutionforsavings.com, member FDIC, DIM. MSO Newsports.com, MSO Radio. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Our next guest is Domingo Dominguez, who is an incumbent member of the Salem City Council uh, and a candidate for re-election. Domingo, welcome to the program. Thank you, George. Thank you so much for... Well, me I uh, usually start out and ask people to give us a three or four minute bio, so why don't you do that? Tell us a little bit about you, and then we can get into some questions about the campaign. Yes, I'm, I'm Domingo Dominguez. I'm a new immigrant uh, from the Dominican Republic back in the 1984 when I, uh, my man started to bring to the United States my last year high school. I'm a former business owner and a former teacher. And i very involved with my community uh, in, in many aspects. I'm a former board of director for the Senate Harbor CDC, former board of director for the 9th of Columbus, former board of director for the Senate YMCA, and former board of director from Sailing Access TV. My involvement with the community has been very, very, very broad in many capacities, but mainly yeah, with, with the community that I represent the most, which I uh, actually looking forward to continue to represent as a city council ally. Great. Um, you, you've been on the city council for two years now. Uh, you had some uh, ideas about what it would like, to, what it would be like when you get in there. Um, how much uh, uh, is the job what you envisioned it would be? In what ways is it different, and how do you, uh, how would you talk, describe your first two years on the job? First of all, let me tell you that I love uh, doing what I'm doing. Basically, it's just an extension of what I've been doing in my life, serving the people. 
representing people in city government is, is, is actually the best uh, way for me to give back to the community that gave me so much. I raised my family in Salem, seven children that I have, and now have three grandchildren that I wanted to continue to represent them, and not only represent them, but make a better city for them. So the job that I perform right now as a city council or large is being very well. Actually, I find that uh, it's, not, it's not much difference of what I've been doing in my life, like I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, the only difference is that you have the opportunity to vote against or in favor or issue that affect the most needed one, in this case, uh, the, the new immigrants in, in, in my path, and also the people that I know don't, don't have any voice at the table. And so uh, each city councilor and uh, committee work assignments, uh, some committees they chair, some committees they're a member of. Uh, I know that you chair, you're on some different committees, I think uh, uh, community development or, or business development is one, another is ordinance and administration, I think you're the liaison to the recreation department. Tell us about some of the work that comes before those committees and, and what your role is and, and what the challenges have been for you? It is, it's, a big, it's a big honor for me to be the chairman of the Community and Economic Development Committee, the, the most, one of the third most busy one in the city government here in Salem. And I'm also a member of OLA. And like you mentioned, I'm the liaison for Park and Recreation. Three committees that are very, very active and where we need the most attention possible if we wanted to have a great city to move forward. As the chairman of the Community Economic Development Committee, I actually uh, propose a lot of ordinances that help not only uh, move forward in the economic aspect, but also in, 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 in the community engagement, making sure that everybody get involved and making sure that everybody, uh, you know, really envision the city that we all wanted to have. So it's been an honor for me, like I mentioned before, and, and in Ola is a lot of things uh, that happened that I was part of uh, collaborating with some of my colleagues. And I, like I mentioned to you, this is one of the most busy ones, and I'm looking forward to continue to work on the same path by the next two years. The borders are selling, giving me the opportunity. In, in the issue of community development, one of the uh, uh, issues that uh, transcends most of the cities and towns north of Boston or, or even in greater Boston is the inventory or availability of affordable housing and I know that's uh, certainly an issue here in Gloucester but it's an issue in Salem tell us about that and and how you're dealing with it yeah automatically as you know you know the the issue on affordability is one of the is one of the top one not only in Salem I think that's nationwide but most likely in cities like uh, Salem we can see the difference when we actually uh, we really do know what's very proactive and what's really, uh, you know, waiting for this to happen. At this point, we have very, very uh, strong crisis on affordability. And uh, like I mentioned, one of the meetings, this affordability issue is a human, a human issue. It has some faces, people who are the most impacted one that actually uh, cannot afford to live in a place where they wanted to live. And those groups are the, the veterans, the seniors, and the low-income people. So actually, we're looking for a formula that uh, creates some type of tools to alleviate that situation. In my committee, we have a couple of ordinances that we just passed as a plan to make sure that those two help alleviate the situation. We had one of the last last, last meetings that we had in, in the committee was about the age deep uh, zoning proposal that was in place before but it's only targeted some area. We wanted to make a citywide, making sure that in any event we have any developer who need that tool can help can get it to, to alleviate the situation and can continue to move forward. Uh, meaning by that to creating more housing so people can live where they wanted to where they wanted to live. So uh, in my in my own view, I'm I'm a product of affordable housing. When I first moved to Salem, I was moving in an affordable apartment that helped me create the base, economic base, so I can advance and buy my house and then continue to raise my family in Salem. I want to see the same thing in Salem. I wanted to create a real solution for affordable housing 
not only on 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 the on the on theoric, but also in 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 fact in in reality. So we can really stop uh, uh, allowing people to move out of Salem because they don't have a place to live. They don't have a a, a way to afford any any way to pay their rent or to buy a house or or to continue to raise their families in a place where they choose to be. I, I had a guest on, Chris uh, Sicaranza from Gloucester, uh, previously uh, worked in, uh, or lived in Salem, uh, and, and we talked a little bit about uh, uh, getting people involved in government, and, and I'm, I'm wondering to what extent uh, this is an issue in Salem uh, as, as well as other communities. Is there, uh, do you see a difficulty getting younger people interested in serving on boards and commissions in your city and and how much is that, is that a challenge and, and how do you how do you how do you fix it it is a real challenge she says as you know you mentioned the youth uh, sometimes they are not really focused on getting involved in, in any capacity because they have their own agenda which i think that in some cases every generation had before us so basically what we need to do is to try to create the environment. So we need to make sure that we target those groups. The way we uh, promote any industry, that way we need to promote the involvement on the youth, especially the youth, because I think the youth is the most important part, the most important aspect that we have in any given city. If we are not concentrating or focus on the youth, at the end of the day we're going to lose the most important uh, valuable thing that we have. So in my, in my own... Uh, uh, way to and one of the first things that I do is I do a community conversation in every corner of the city that allow me not only to uh, target a a group that already are involved but we we actually involving the youth how can we do in that we, I mean the the youth have some interest most likely different than what we have and if they are for example congregate at a, at a baseball game you have to go there and make the meetings over there making sure that you get the leaders of the group involved and they actually going to follow through. We recently have a conversation in, in, in one of the most dense populations and where we need to talk to the community, but we knew that if we don't go to the community, they're not going to come to us. So what we did, what we did was we went down to the uh, baseball game, softball game, and we actually uh, stopped the, the, the game for 15 minutes and we addressed the crowd and everybody enjoy it because they don't lose time, they don't lose sight and, and the same token they already they got involved. So that's what I that's what I mean. We need to be creative. We need to try to reach out to the people where they are and try to give them the information they need so they can get involved. We got just a little under two minutes left. What what are the uh, the issues that uh, in the next two year cycle? Yeah, top of the list we have affordable housing. Like I mentioned before is yep. one of the issues that it's been uh, getting stronger and stronger, and we need to focus on that. Second one, we have traffic. Being a city where we have millions of, of, of visitors during Halloween, we need to make sure that we create a very comprehensive plan to allow not only uh, to alleviate the situation during Halloween, but also throughout the whole year. And thirdly, which is related to is parking. Uh, the same thing happened when you create a new developer, but you don't have a plan to alleviate parking that will create an impact at the long range. So we need to focus on those things. The other one that we hear a lot of people talking about is the increase on taxes. We need to concentrate on finding a formula in a way that we can alleviate the situation on, on, the, on the high taxes that the residents are paying. And I have a proposal on that. I think that we need to increase the uh, base on commercial uh, commercial properties. That way, we get a, a better a balance, and and those commercial property taxes can help alleviate the, the residential residential taxes. So that will help a lot. But how we're going to do that is a whole plan that I don't have time to explain you. But I think that we need to create an incentive for these small businesses so that they can come back to Salem. And we also have to concentrate in a different type of industry that we are in Salem right now. At one point, we only focus on. On, on the tourism uh, industry, and we need to make sure that we diversify the way we have businesses in Salem, so that we will create a very uh, alleviation for the tax incremental that we have in Salem. Without saying, I think that uh, there is not a, a formula.
formula that we allow everyone to understand it, but I think that we, little by little we'll create something that can help everyone. Great. Well, thank you for being a guest on Trending Now with Josh Alda. I know you're in the throes of a, a, a campaign in Salem all at the same time as half of the civilized world shows up to celebrate Halloween. I know you had your Halloween parade last night. Uh, I assume that went well, and uh, I wish you well uh, in the election and, and through the Halloween season as well. Thank you, Josh, too much for the opportunity. And, and I would well, like to say to, all, to the whole audience that if they live in Salem, uh, please consider me on November 3 and one of your four votes. I'm looking forward to continuing to serve the entire city of Salem. Thank you so much. Thank you, Domingo. Have a good day. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Start the fall season with a winning mortgage rate from your hometown team. Whether you are thinking about buying a new home or condo or refinancing your existing one, our loan rates are among the lowest anywhere. Check out our full menu of rates and terms and apply online 24-7 at institutionforsavingsloans.com. Institutionforsavings.com, member FDIC, DIF, equal housing lender. Take a seat, you're really in for a treat at Sylvan Street. A great place to eat and drink and meet with family and friends at Sylvan Street. We'll treat you right, day or night, satisfy your appetite. Eat, drink, and chill at the Sylvan Street Grill. Catch a game with friends, meet for lunch, cocktails after work, or a romantic dinner for two. Whatever your plan, plan to do it at Sylvan Street Grill in Peabody and Salisbury. See you at Sylvan Street. Eat, drink, and chill at the Sylvan Street Grill. Title Boxing, Route 114, Danvers. A friendly, challenging environment. Everybody comes in here uh, thinking that it's like a regular boxing club where you're going to have to get in the ring and fight, and it's actually not. It's a, a classroom type of cardio exercise boxing class. We have uh, 60 bags. The classes range anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, from 8 rounds to 12 rounds. Uh, there's music playing. The instructor teaches the class, and you have a good time. You learn how to box and have fun and exercise during the class. Title Boxing, Danvers. Harrington Trophy has been rewarding the North Shore for over 30 years with quality custom awards, screen printing, embroidery, and more. We pride our family-owned business on our exceptional customer service and quality products for the right price. Custom t-shirts, sweatshirts, warm-up suits, hats, along with the area's top trophies, plaques, glass awards, we are the one-stop shop for end-of-the-year banquets or advertising your small business through apparel. Come see us at Harrington Trophy, Chestnut Street, Lynn, or HarringtonTrophy.com. The North Shore is listening to MSONewsports.com and our great selection of podcasts. Hey, this is Matt Williams from the Salem News. Make sure that you listen to our weekly high school sports podcast where you can get all the news and happenings in the North Shore high school sports and beyond with myself, Phil Stacy, Bill Newell, and Nick Giannino. MSO News Sports, connecting you to the North Shore. Welcome back to Trending Now with Josh Island. Our next guest is city, uh, former City Councilor Joseph Shalino, who is a candidate for City Council in Gloucester. Joe, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me once again. Well, uh, we've had you on before. Uh, usually start in uh, with all our, our guests and say, give us a three or four minute bio, and then we can talk about some of the issues uh, in the upcoming election. Well, you know, just to tell you a little bit about, uh, you know, who Joe Shalino is, uh, I served uh, City Council President. Uh, from 2016 and 2017, I've got 13 years experience on the city council, and, and some of the uh, some of the uh, things that I were, have been involved in is I sponsored the uh, Atlantic Road Overlay District, which, if you remember, somebody was trying to build a house there, and uh, we secured that. So you have to get city council approval to do any kind of uh, uh, building there. And uh, as part of my, uh, you know, past uh, votes, you know, certainly supported the West Power School, the Beauport Hotel, and the wind turbines, which I'm, I'm very proud that uh, that have happened and have been completed. Uh, I'm also uh, director of the Gloucester Downtown Association, which is a, an organization here that uh, promotes our downtown, and uh, vice president of the North Shore Health Project. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, what I do and who I am. And uh, and uh, I am running for city councilor at large once again. 
Great. Now, <clears throat> the issues of the day uh, are similar in different communities. One of the issues in Gloucester, uh, and we just talked to uh, a candidate running in Gloucester and a candidate running in Salem, uh, is affordable housing, a supply. But tell me about that as it impacts Gloucester and, and what some of the uh, what some of the dynamics of that issue are and, and potentially what some of the solutions might be. So there is a housing crisis in, in Gloucester. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been off uh, council for two years, and uh, there was a housing cross, uh, crisis then. And, and uh, uh, when uh, we were permitting uh, the full of school property and the 200 units, you know, I was just uh, lobbying uh, to get the 30 units of, uh, of affordable. And at first, uh, you know, they didn't really want to do it, and then finally they realized that uh, by law, you know, they had to do it. <clears throat> and this is one of the things that, we you know, we passed these ordinances where, you know, to make affordable housing, and then we don't uh, uh, follow the, the regulations ourselves. So we need to make sure that, you know, as, as uh, city government, is that uh, when uh, these big developments come in, that they do uh, uh, the affordable housing, which is you know, also which is called uh, workforce housing. Uh, you know, we have a couple of... Uh, <coughs> Uh, projects that are gonna, that are going to be coming up, and one is uh, Cameron's. Uh, you know, uh, you know, finally they finally got funding on that, and so you know, here we go. Let's uh, let's get that going. I think another one that needs to be looked at is uh, the uh, the YMCA property once uh, the new Y opens up, and that that also can be made affordable uh, and uh, on housing. Uh, and you know, and just uh, came down the pike, you know that. Uh, School committee chose uh, veterans uh, for the new school, so the, and that's going to leave uh, East Gloucester Elementary for an opportunity to to become housing. And uh, so, you know, these are the kind of things that I'm going to be working on. Uh, I've, I've had people come in to uh, to my store and just tell me sad stories about you know that they just cannot find uh, you know more than uh, you know one bedroom apartment. Uh, you know, they have children sleeping on uh, on the floor on sleeping bags or sleeping on the couch, and it shouldn't have to be that way. Uh, there should be a place uh, where people can uh, still be housed properly and and, and, and be affordable. Uh, a lot of uh, you know what's going on at uh, the full school uh, Dobler construction is going on there, 200 units. That's going to be middle of upper. So you know that's uh, not. Uh, big workforce uh, housing, you know, here for the city. So that's that's one of the things uh, that I'm going to be working on, and I hope that uh, it's successful in my bid uh, that uh, uh, I get uh, put on to uh, plan and development, and that's where uh, I think I can be the most useful, the most uh, you know, do the most work. I've been on there, I chaired on there, uh, on that on that committee, and that's that's where you can get into. Changing some of the zoning requirements that are so stringent. Uh, I've had builders come in and say to me, <coughs> "Excuse me, John. <coughs> I can get a building permit in Rockport 24 hours. A building permit in Gloucester takes me a week. Why is that? Why? Why is it so much difficult to build in Gloucester than it is in Rockport? And we need to find out uh, because we're not going to get to where we want to be on on housing." by making it tougher and tougher on a developer to, uh, to build a house or build any kind of housing. Infrastructure is always an issue in cities and towns. It's, not, it's, uh, it's certainly an issue here in Gloucester. You mentioned the, uh, the school uh, uh, consolidation. Um, and I guess uh, I'm wondering is how much, uh, how much do we really need to consolidate versus uh, repair? And, and I, there's always Ab Kambadi when he was alive was 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 cautious about going after the state or the federal money because it always had strings attached to it, and uh, and sometimes that made it more expensive. So I, you know, I and I, I remember that. And uh, there's, uh, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, what is what do you have to do to East Gloucester School and veterans to make it? stay in the art as opposed to knocking one school down building a new one that or build knocking two down and, and making one new one and, and you know is that really what what are the impact issues of that if, if you uh you know i i think that it's certainly the uh the decision has been made it's going to go to veterans 
Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the debate has happened about whether to build a remodel school or whether to build a new school. And, and, and when you say, you know, uh, when it's all about the money, it's all about the money. Is that when uh, the state will not reimburse us if we're going to uh, build uh, remodel schools. They want uh, a school, and uh, they, 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 you know, they have a typical school that they want, the, the requirements and all that, that has to happen with it. And that's what they have in their mind, and that's what they're going to pay for. And uh, generally it comes in, uh, the state pays around 55% uh, of it. And, you know, when you're talking about a, a $70 million school, uh, you know, that, that's, that's around 35000 that uh, uh, $35 million that's going to come into the coffers to, uh, to the city. And then, uh, I know our situation is that uh, uh, our credit card is not big enough to uh, to handle seventy million. You know, we could put it on a credit card, but then the the payments uh, for, uh, for 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 the taxpayer are going to be horrendous. So you know, though that's what needs needs to be considered is that this is why we have to build new. You know, we and we really don't have a choice. And then you know, and anywhere. Where somebody's going to give you 55 cents on the dollar, you have to take that opportunity. And you know what? Then what we're going to be building, Josh, is state of the art. We're going to be parallel to other communities, whether it be Manchester or whether it be Rockport. You know, I think the the days are gone where, you know, Gloucester has been challenged where the schools uh, are better are better equipped elsewhere, and then that's where. People transfer from uh, you know one to one community to the other, but now we've built uh, the West Parish School. That's a gold standard, and now we have to do the same for the uh, the rest of the children. You know, with with that being said, Josh, you know one of the things to consider is that uh, how are you going to pay for this, and uh, what we're going to have to do is some kind of a referendum uh, that uh, uh, voters are going to have to pass, and so everybody's going to get a bite of the apple. Of whether they want uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to fund the school to uh, uh, an override or or some other other kind of referendum to to, to do that, um, and you know, and it's going to be tough. Uh, I think people are really squeezed when it comes to taxes. Uh, I, for one, I think it's worth every nickel, uh, but you know, to get the best schools we can for our children. But uh, there are a lot of people that uh, just just plain cannot afford it. And if you remember. You know, the library did uh, the last referendum uh, for an override, and, uh, and, and it failed miserably. Now, you know, the override that we're, that uh, the schools are going to be doing is, is, is going to be a little bit different. Is that basically it's going to be a mortgage on the building. So when the building is paid for, then, uh, you know, it goes away. So it's not like it's going to be forever and ever. It's just going to be for whatever the lifespan of the loan is, uh, just like you normally go to a bank and then finance your house. Yep. Uh, and then uh, and then and then they'll be done. And then the other thing that uh, to make to make the financials a little bit more uh, easy, you know, for for community to absorb, is that uh, at one time uh, when when they five, they used to send you a check every year for like twenty years. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it was hard, you know. They satisfied uh, that uh, the project is, is came in under budget or on budget or, and yeah. everything, all the bills are paid. We get one big check. Yeah. So that that helps us on our credit card, and uh, that uh, we can we can uh, do the big loan and then pay half of it off uh, real quick uh, because of the state funding. Are you uh, apt, are you apt to? I mean, I know that East Gloucester School had a restriction issue with it because of the Parsons Playground and the paper road that goes up and intersects with Rocky Pasture Road. Uh, I understood that the Parsons playground was deeded to the city for playground purposes only. Uh, so when they built the school in 1949, they needed a special act of the legislature to allow to build it because part of the school, uh, the gym and the cafeteria were going to be on the playground. Um, is that now going to limit what you can use it for post-school? Well, no, I, I think what you can use the playground for, I think the playground is still going to be a playground. A uh, separate lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, what we're dealing with now at uh, Veterans is that uh, the uh, the school department uh, owns the property for that, that the school sits on. And, but and the CEO owns the property for the field. Uh, uh, made this field. Yeah. 
Uh, and so what's going to have to happen there is that uh, that maintenance field is going to have to be transferred from uh, the city of Gloucester to uh, the school department. And and I know I'm, I, I'm not on the, on, the, on the school committee, so I don't know the research that's been done on it, but a, a lot of these parcels, you know, were given to the city, have parcels, and how it's all going to be straightened out, we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I, had, I had understood that I think like 75% of Mayden's Field belongs to the city, and the other one is under some kind of a trust. Uh, so, um, you know, that that's for the lawyers uh, to figure yeah. out. But you know, one of the one of the things that they they are going to do, and they should do, and I'm, when I say they, I'm talking about the school committee in the city of Gloucester, is that a lot of money and time and energy has been spent on building up uh, 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 Mayden's Field. You know, Patty Amaral led led the charge. So now that field should be rebuilt and has to be rebuilt wherever uh, you know the the location would be in that neighborhood. Yeah. So um, it's it's going to be a loss for the uh, for the for the neighborhood to have that playground gone. But uh, but I think we have to work very hard to make sure that uh, that money uh, that was spent on that and there was community preservation money there. There was money collected, you know, to do the the, the lighting of the field and all the rest of it. So. Okay. Um, that has to be worked out. Right. But, uh, <coughs> you know, I think these things are small things uh, that need to, you know, just be ironed out. But I think once you make the decision that this is where the school is going to go, um, you know, you're going to have to start working for it. Great. And get, getting it done. Uh, and uh, But, um, you know, one of the things you can say about uh, the veteran site, Josh, is that, you know, the, the, you know a child... Uh, you don't want them too young, you know, walking to school, but maybe some of the older children, uh, you know, has, has some accessibility to the neighborhoods. Yeah. And, and some of the other, you know, the other locations like Schoolhouse Road and, you know, it's just, you know, you're dealing with 128 and all that traffic, you know, in, in, in the long run, I think the decision to make it, put it at, uh, at Veterans is the best decision. Great. And uh, you still have a neighborhood school, and that's what people wanted. Uh, we had meetings all over the city about what type of schools uh, that people wanted for their children. And um, and at that time, they were talking about magnet schools. They don't want magnet schools. They want small schools. They want their children in the neighborhood. So uh, it's, it's going to be, a, uh, I think, a good compromise uh, for the veterans, and it's going to be an improvement. But we also have to live up to our promises uh, for our field and worked hard that uh, you know, we provide a softball field somewhere. Great. Well, I want to thank you for being a guest on Trending Now with Josh Arnold. Uh, wish you the greatest success uh, as you seek uh, to get back on the City Council and, and continue your career, uh, uh, one of your careers as a public servant. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Take Always care. fun. All right. Thank Bye. Bye. I'm Bob Gillis, President of KPN Savings Bank serving the Cape Ann community with stability and commitment for over 170 years. Since 1846, our customers have relied on our local bank service and big bank benefits. Stop by our offices or call to talk about your banking needs at 978-283-0246. Built on community, capeannsavings.bank. Member FDIC, member DIF, equal housing lender. Gloucester's Walter Wilkins Insurance Agency is teaming up with Columbia Insurance to deliver a full line of products, personal home and auto policies, as well as a full line of commercial coverage for business owners, including commercial property and commercial vehicle coverage. Wilkins partners with respected companies such as Plymouth Rock, Quincy Mutual, Commerce, and Safeco. For City of Gloucester employees, there are discounts on auto and home policies. Wilkins Insurance is located at 186 Main Street, Gloucester, now partnering with Columbia Insurance, serving the North Shore. That was a quick hour. Yeah, flew right by. What do we have lined up for next week now? Next week, Jen Holmgren, uh, a Gloucester City Councilor, will be with us first. Jeff Cohen, a candidate for City Council in Salem, will be up. Uh, John McCarthy, uh, former retired police chief in Gloucester, running for City Council at large, will be a guest. And uh, Barry Pett, uh, candidate, uh, uh, civic leader, a Rotarian, and 
businessman and so forth running in Ward 2 uh, will be a, be a guest as well. And then we have a bunch of people lined up for other weeks or for taping that will be cut into one of these shows. All righty. That's Josh Arnold. I'm Rick Moore. Producer and engineer is Bill Proposky. This is Trending Now. Don't forget we have high school football tonight. It will be Danvers at Peabody. Game time is at 7 p.m. This is MSONewsports.com.